welcome back to What's in the Box, the Doctor Who podcast that invites you to discuss your favourite or recommended things from the world of Doctor Who. I'm still with Jason Thompson, and we've been discussing his one of his favourite finales. We've also been discussing one of his favourite cliffhangers from the Genesis of the Dalek LP. How are you doing, Jason? You still uh, enjoying yourself? Oh God, very much so. Fantastic. We've uh, we, we've got uh, we've recharged with drinks now, uh, so we're we're going to dive into the second part of this discussion. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna uh, move on to something which I unfortunately don't know a lot about other than being aware of it and reading a few a few bits of it uh, as I collected the the Doctor Who magazine in my uh, in my teenage years and uh, we're going to be discussing the eighth Doctor comic strip we are yes so what can you tell me about the eighth Doctor comic strip then apart from the fact that it's a comic strip with the eighth Doctor in it, um... <laughs> The Eighth Doctor comic strips are, for my money, the absolutely unparalleled best continuous run of Doctor Who in any medium, but certainly in the comic strips in Doctor Who magazines. So it's a bold statement. Uh, well, it, it, I, I think it's justified, and I think there are plenty of people listening who would agree with me. Um, mm-hmm. There may be some who disagree with me. They're wrong, but, you know, <laughs> <clears throat> other opinions are available. Um <laughs> So the comic strip in Doctor Who, I started collecting Doctor Who magazine in 1992. Um, I still have my very first issue of Doctor Who magazine, which was issue 189, um, which uh, is is now signed by Gary Russell, who was the editor at the time. Ah. Um, And the comic strips in the Doctor Who magazine in the early 90s were a bit hit and miss, I think. So the television series hadn't been on for a while. The new adventures were coming out. The comic strips tried to kind of tie in with the new adventures a bit. So mm-hmm. you had uh, the different version of Ace that you got with the Seventh Doctor. You got the Seventh Doctor in his different costume. You had Benny in the comic strip. And while I enjoyed them all, there were some excellent ones. Uh, Emperor of the Daleks is uh, is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I believe you discussed that in. Your I did, yes, yes, because one of these, didn't you? Yeah, because yes. I, I was, I was, uh, I was occasionally dipping into into the comics at the time. Um, yeah. Not all of them, but yeah, Emperor of the Daleks was a favourite. Uh, and Pure Blood with the Sontarans, yes. I enjoyed as well. Um, yeah. So there were some really good comic strips, but because they did tie into the Virgin New Adventures and things, it kind of felt that if you didn't really get on with the virgin new adventures you kind of missed out a bit on Mm. these comic strips uh and then they did um a series of random unconnected past doctor comic strips as well which again were fun but you know a bit of throwaway fluff in the in the magazine really what wasn't Uh, the one with uh space cows in it space cows yeah yeah there's a fifth doctor one with space cows in yes um so you know it was a bit kind of hit and miss they were okay. It was good to see them in, you know, in print. Good to see past doctors and having new adventures in the comic strips and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the Eighth Doctor came along after with a TV movie, <clears throat> they made a conscious decision, and I think it's the best decision they could have made to uh, go. You know what? We're going to do our own thing now. We're going to diverge the continuity completely. We're going to do whatever we want to do. Because I think possibly they knew that there were going to be books coming out. Because a TV movie didn't come into, come to a series. 
but I think they probably knew there were going to be books coming out. And of course, later on, we also got big finish. So, um, but they decided, no, we're going to, we're going to do our own, our own version of continuity. And they actually started seeding it quite early on um, in these past Doctor stories. So there are a couple of stories which have little teaser panels where the companion gets separated. So Perry, Sarah, excuse me, Perry, Sarah Jane and Ace in separate stories at one point get separated from the doctor and there's a little teaser panel with a stylized speech bubble with somebody going ah there you are we've been looking for you and then the story carries on with no apparent reference to what just happened and then you got ground zero which was a seventh doctor comic strip oh it was susan not ace because ace was in the comic strip anyway with the seventh doctor it was susan and it introduced a new enemy called the threshold Yes, very about except that they could hop between dimensions and time and everything else. It killed Ace. So at the end of Ground Zero, Ace sacrificed herself to save the Doctor. And the final page, or one of the final pages of one of the installments, was the Doctor cradling Ace's body in the remnants of what she'd just blown up. I remember. I remember Ground Zero well. And I think Doctor Who magazine's mail exploded with people complaining, shouting. <laughs> praising whatever i probably have never had so much feedback about a comic strip <laughs> ever and then we went to end game which introduced the eighth doctor to the comic strip and now they had the opportunity to do their own thing they ran with it and they ran with it brilliantly so the eighth doctor gets a companion in the comic strip in the shape of izzy and she gets introduced in a way that all companions do she meets the doctor she gets involved she goes on board the TARDIS she expresses oh I'm an orphan I've got no parents I long to travel etc etc and you go you're you're reading that first comic strip and you're going ah okay I know where this is going (laughs) (laughs) and indeed at the end she does hop into the TARDIS and go but what it was able to do brilliantly was do a bunch of connected arcs over a well, it's really a long period because obviously this this magazine was coming out once every month and their stories were multi multi part stories. So, mm. so you know it takes ages, yeah. ages to get through some of these arcs. And because they were doing new things with a new Doctor, they could really throw everything at us. And boy, did they! I mean, only a couple of years after the TV movie, the Doctor regenerated in the comic strip. Yes. Now, I remember that. I actually remember seeing that, reading that particular part of the story. I can't say that I... Was it Wormwood? Uh, it was the final chapter, which led into Wormwood. Ah, okay. The I mean, yeah, some of the imagery on the comic strips. I mean, I read the comic strip in Doctor Who magazine ever since it, I started getting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it only in the Eighth Doctor runs that I can remember some of them being so impactful on me that I can remember where I was when I read them because they made such an impact on me. And I remember reading the end of the final chapter in my garden, in my uh, my my house that I lived in at the time with my dad and stepmom um, and reading the comic strip there. I mean, one of the other reasons that the Eighth Doctor comic strips have really kind of seared themselves into my mind is because that they were published over a period of several years where many many things happened in my life and it Mm. went through uh different things so when i got part one of end game i just started in the sixth form at college Mm -hmm. with my a levels then i went to university and moved to brighton Um, i moved house uh, while i was in the sixth form of my levels i moved to 
Brighton for university. And of course, because it was living in university, I moved to student accommodation back home to another bit of student home back <laughs> home to another house back home. So oh, it all got a bit mad. My parents moved, my dad and my stepmom moved house while I was at university. So I ended up going back to a different house than I left from in one on one of the academic years, which was uh, <laughs> interesting. Then I got my first job after university and I graduated. I moved to Cambridge for two years. Then I went back home and I was unemployed for nine months living in my dad's house in Uckfield. Uh, and then I moved to Deal uh, in Kent, got another job, lived in a flat there where I met uh, Emma, mm -hmm. who uh, we moved in together <laughs> by the end of the year. Uh... So by the end of the, the Eighth Doctor comic strips, I'd had a couple of jobs and was now living with my girlfriend in a rented house in Dover. So you know, <laughs> I'd, been, I'd been moving all over the place. So it, it kind of accompanied me through a very formative period in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah, but uh, but what they did with some of those comic strip stories was fantastic because they took advantage of the medium to tell vastly bigger stories than you could tell on screen at that time. Mm. Um, they brought back characters where Grace comes back in one story. Mm, I do. I remember again, it's just flashes of, of stories that I remember. So I must have at least scanned them when, when they were in the, in the magazine. And I do remember seeing Grace in, uh, in one of them. They really took advantage of the medium as well, because Doctor Who magazine comic strip was in the middle of the magazine. Mm. It was eight pages long. And almost every story, every episode, you'd turn over to the last page and it was a full page splash panel yeah. with whatever that cliffhanger was. And it was amazing in many cases. Um, one of the best ones I remember quite distinctly was the the fake out regeneration because we got the uh, what what I think was called the Nick Briggs doctor because he looked yeah. a lot like Nick Briggs. Um <laughs> And they carried on with it for a few episodes. So they did the regeneration at the end of the final chapter. The first couple of parts of Wormwood were very much like a post-regeneration story with the new Doctor settling in, the companions having trouble adjusting to the new Doctor and so on and so forth. And then it turns out that it wasn't the Doctor at all. And the last page on one of these installments is the Eighth Doctor back again. And everyone going, oh, my God, Doctor. And it's <laughs> uh, like, brilliant. But I mean, the, the thing that stuck in my head brilliantly, particularly that really got to me was because they had taken their own timeline, their own continuity. They were not tied to anything else that was going on. Mm. So whatever the Eighth Doctor adventures were doing, irrelevant. Whatever yeah. Big Finish was doing with the Eighth Doctor, irrelevant. The comic strips were now following their own continuity. So for anyone who says that Doctor Who continuity is hard to follow, in the 90s, the Eighth Doctor had three separate timelines <laughs> that were not connected at all. <laughs> so, and we we managed fine. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it hasn't stopped people trying to stitch them together somehow, but uh, no. No, it hasn't. And the fact that the Eighth Doctor mentioned his big Finnish companions in The Night of the Doctor has convoluted mm. that even more. Yeah. But because they had taken their own line, they had Izzy, who was a comic strip exclusive companion. And the the strip went through several couple of arcs. It went to colour at one mm -hmm. point, so it's now in in full colour. Izzy was body swapped with an amphibious um, character called Destry, and spent quite a few months as a fish, basically. Mm -hmm. And then there's a story where she resolves that plot. She gets her body back. The whole business with Destry is tied up. 
Destry disappears off with her uncle, mm-hmm. apparently, in the distance. The whole plot of that story is wrapped up and there are still three pages left to go. So on the top of the next page, Izzy says, I'd like to go home now. And then the rest of it is her talking to the doctor about what brilliant time she's had, why she has to go home, how all the adventures that she's had have affected her to the point she has to go back to her adopted family. And it was brilliant. And I had never to that point been so affected by a comic strip story mm. but by the time we got there she'd been in the st- st- strip for seven to eight years it's a long time isn't it every month she was she was in the strip and because they got their own continuity they were able to introduce a companion give her a proper introduction a proper arc and a proper departure which they'd mm-hmm. never really done before um i know they had sharon as the companion in the fourth doctor comic strips mm-hmm. um, but i don't think that connected in the same way Mm. um, having gone back and read them i don't know what it was like to anyone reading doctor who weekly at the time Mm -hmm. if anyone wants to tell me that that was equally good feel free because i i honestly don't know but you know this one for years she was there and then she wanted to go and that led into the doctor then meeting destry again and taking her on as a companion which was a brilliant arc which was in some respects, unfortunately cut short by the fact that the Doctor Who television series was coming back. So they had to can the Eighth Doctor strips. That's a shame. It is a shame. Um, one thing I'm glad didn't come off was that we didn't get a regeneration in the comics. Yeah, because I've, I've I've read up about that. So they, they had the opportunity to do it, didn't they? And they, they chose not to. Didn't... They chose not to um, because of timing, because of the licensing agreement. They weren't allowed to use the Eighth Doctor in the comic strip once the Ninth Doctor was on the telly, but they couldn't put the Ninth Doctor in the comic strip before he was on telly. <laughs> so they couldn't actually make the timing work under the agreement. And I'm glad what we got was much better as they walk off into the sunset together. But it ends with the Flood, which is the Cybermen from the future coming back. And what a brilliant tale that was. It it was it was fantastic. And I love the redesigned Cybermen. So uh, one of the things that makes the whole run so great is the stories, which mostly were by Alan Barnes in the first few stories, and then Scott Gray for the rest of the run. And Mm. the artwork, for the most part, by Martin Geraghty um, is gorgeous. Mm. I mean, Martin Martin Geraghty has done some of the character work for the animations on recent Blu-ray releases. Oh, really? He's still very much involved in that. Ah. so Scott Gray, my, primarily Scott Gray, Alan Barnes and Martin Geraghty gave us most of the Eighth Doctor's run and what a brilliant job they did of it. Mm. Um, occasionally there were diversions with the artwork of uh, Roger Langridge and Adrian Salmon, mm. which uh, which make for nice little diversions. Um, but basically the whole run was absolutely, absolutely stonkingly superb and... It's now available in collected volumes. So there's Endgame, uh, The Glorious Dead, Oblivion and The Flood available as collected volumes. I'm not sure how easy they are to get hold of these days, Mm. but I absolutely recommend them to anybody because they are brilliant. Um, And I mean, reading them in collected form is great still, but you just cannot recreate the anticipation of every month. Yeah. Installment for these stories. And just being with those characters for that for that length of time. Um, so, I mean, I used to say before then, I used to say that the eight, the sixth Doctor was my Doctor. Yeah. Because he was my first Doctor, the one I saw on telly first. I remember watching Trial of a Time Lord when I was six. Mm-hmm. He was my Doctor, I thought. 
And it wasn't until just before when it was announced that Christopher Eccleston was coming on as the as the ninth doctor and doctor who was coming back to the TV that I realized actually my doctor is the eighth doctor because I followed him all the way through that comic strip run. I listened to a few of the big finish audios as well. I did get the uh, the early ones, but it, yeah. uh, eventually I gave up with big finish on the basis that I only need one mortgage in my life much, <laughs> uh, and I would need another house to store it all in. So I gave up with big finish because <laughs> I just didn't have the space, the time and the, and the money to maintain yeah. But the yeah. comic strips I followed all the way through to the end. And I absolutely love them. And ever since they've never been bettered, I think. I think I, I think I mentioned it to you on Twitter the other day. I've got the end game yeah. uh, collected works. Um where it is, I don't know. It's somewhere, it's somewhere in this house, uh, probably packed away in a box somewhere. I'm I'm a little bit afraid to open it and re- start reading it because I'm scared I'm not going to be able to pick up any of the further volumes. So if I if I really get into it, I don't I don't know where I go from there. I'm like, well, you know. So maybe maybe uh, I I probably won't start reading it until I can actually get hold of the rest of it. <laughs> but um, I don't know why I bought it. I must have I must have I must have had an interest in reading it back when it was released in collected form. So I must have bought it with the intention of buying the rest of them. And then uh, when did the when did the collected works come out? Was it early two thousands? Uh, do you know, I can't remember. Hang on, I've got them here. Let me. If it was early two thousands, it probably was a poor student situation. Two thousand and seven. Oh no! So it was first issued the flood. That's the last of the the four. Second impression, twenty fourteen. So. Uh, uh, so it, I, I, it was probably at a time when I moved out of my parents' uh, house and um, was living with my uh, girlfriend at the time, and uh, probably had to start paying paying for rent and. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. And uh, just couldn't spend money that I wanted to on Doctor Who anymore, so that's probably yeah. why I only collected the first the first one. But uh... Endgame came out in two thousand and five. If you can get hold of them, I do recommend them because for my money, they only get better after mm. Endgame. Endgame was a great start, uh, but the subsequent arcs were absolutely superb. It introduced character, it brought back characters that had been seen in the the comic strip previously, like Shade. Yes, yeah, um, Shade. So Shade was was previously in the the Fifth Doctor comic strips. It introduces the character of Faye Truscott Sade, who recently, or well, relatively recently, returned in Twelfth Doctor comic strips towards the end in the Clockwise War. Izzy is just a superb companion. Destry is great. In issue five hundred of Doctor Who magazine, there was the comic strip, the Stockbridge Showdown, which was great fun because it brought loads of different artists together, different styles on each page, and it's gorgeous to look at. But the bit that made me really smile at the end of that was when Izzy turned up again. <laughs> she is, she is, the, the eighth Doctor and Izzy is my top Doctor mm. companion combination. You know, screw everything else that's been on telly. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about the TV show? But, uh... but that's great. That's like, I really like that kind of, you know, that you, that characters from a comic can be your favourite, you know, team. I well, think this that's was, it. This was new Doctor Who coming mm. out every month when it wasn't on the telly anymore. Yeah. And it was coming out every month. And I was reading things about the eight Doctor novels and how convoluted they were getting with mm-hmm. the faction paradox and all that kind of stuff. And I wasn't really interested in following all that. The big finishes were good and i enjoyed those but this was new doctor who every month short easy to digest but it really 
I really became invested in what was going on and the mm -hmm. way they were presented. The Glorious Dead in particular is a stunning piece of work because each installment is pretty different. And it played with the format a bit because with the, with the cliffhangers, they do a brilliant cliffhanger. And then because they'd separated the Doctor and Izzy, the next episode wouldn't follow that cliffhanger. It would go somewhere else. Ah, and That's then you go back to the previous installment. So they were almost kind of alternating the cliffhangers with what's going on. And it yeah. was just, it brought back Croton, the Cyberman with a soul from a yes, I remember Croton. comic strip as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's just brilliant. I strongly recommend the Eighth Doctor collected comics to anybody because they are consistently brilliant throughout. There were a couple that were less enjoyable than the rest but on the whole i mean this was just a fantastic run of stories it was a consistently good run of stories and it had plenty of shocking moments in it mm. uh, one of the cliffhangers is izzy being zapped by the tce oh wow so you think it's the master turns yeah. out not the master <laughs> the last panel is a shrunken izzy by the feet of this character and that's the cliffhanger and I remember reading that one and having to sit quietly for a few minutes afterwards. I think, did they just kill Izzy? <laughs> oh, that's wow. And you've got an entire month to wait. Two months because Two this, months. Was in, this was in The Glorious Dead when oh, they didn't no. follow that cliffhanger. The next installment didn't mention Izzy at all. So again, you're like, have they killed her off? Turns oh, out they haven't. Word. But, you know, it was it was absolutely superb. And I got really, really into it. So when at the end of Oblivion, she says, I'd like to go home now. Oh, that was just, that was a gut punch. But the departure sequence, it took two and a half pages of the comic strip to do it. And it was gorgeous. Wow. It was a re it was the best. It was one of the best companion departures in the whole run of Doctor Who media ever. Really? Yeah. It, it is perfect. It fits the arc. She's not rushed off to marry with somebody else. She's not been killed off. She's not just decided, screw it, I'm going home. Uh-huh. She talks to the doctor about it. He talks to her. They have a proper goodbye. And we see her basically reconcile with her adopted mother. It's just, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous ending for that character. Mm. So it's really, really good. I, I could go on at length. I already have. <laughs> but I could go on even longer about these comic strips. They are absolutely brilliant. Um, and I definitely recommend them. And I say I don't have them. I mean, I've got, I did collect Doctor Who magazine up until the early noughties. And then I just, I had to kind of make some cutbacks somewhere. Um, and I was collecting Big Finish instead. So I cut back on getting the Doctor Who magazine. So I, there's good chance that I've got actually quite a lot of them because I've still got the, all the magazines next to me here in plastic container boxes. It might be worth me digging them out and seeing what I can actually find. Um, they, ran out, they ran from uh, issue 244. Obviously, you want to go back a few issues earlier to see Ground Zero as well. Yes. And then the flood finished in three hundred in issue 353. So if you've got issues 244 to 353, you've got all the Eighth Doctor comic strips in there. I shall definitely have to uh, dig them out and have a look because, uh, yeah, once again, somebody's come onto this podcast and uh, <laughs> has recommended me something that I really want to buy now. <laughs> yeah. I, so, really, I, I honestly I cannot recommend these enough they are a brilliant run and mm -hmm. I know that I mentioned them on a recent podcast with the hamster book club as James Lark mentioned the glorious dead in mm -hmm. there and again we we rhapsodized about the eight doctor comic strips there so apologies I am repeating myself to any <laughs> listeners who may have heard that already I definitely definitely suggest anyone gets hold of those eight doctor comic strips because they are a brilliant run from mm -hmm. beginning to end one or two little dips, but the whole lot, the arcs and the characters are wonderful. Um, I wish we could see more of Destry because those 
swines that the BBC very inconsiderately started making the show again. We had to do something <laughs> comic strip. <laughs> well, well, do, do you think? Um, I mean, again, I haven't read any of the Ninth Doctor comic strips or anything forward from that point. Um, do you think that the the comic strip lost something a little bit uh, when the TV series came back? Honestly, yes. I think that the comic strips that have followed have been great. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they suddenly became total shite. No. Um, but I think they suffer a bit from having to be tied in with the series. So the authors of the comic strips, to a point, don't get to decide when you have to start using, say, um, Clara instead of Amy and Rory. Because once they've gone off the telly, that's it. you can keep using them until Clara turns up. And then you've got to have Clara in the strip. Mm. When the Doctor regenerates, you've got to go to the different Doctor in the strip. Mm. So yeah. the comic strips don't get to have the intros and the closures of the characters. They are the same characters that you watch on the television. Um, you know, the, the difference is during the gap years with Peter Capaldi, they introduced a, a family in London that he stayed with for a while. And that's kind of, you know, a bit unique and a nice, nice touch. I liked the way that was done, actually. Mm. But because it is now tied in with the television, it's now a licensed publication of a running television show. Yeah. It's totally beholden to whatever is going on behind the scenes on the TV show, which is why we've had the 14th Doctor in the comic strips now, because Jodie regenerated at the end of The Power of the Doctor. So we've now had to can the 13th Doctor in the comic strip and move on to this. Yeah. And when the three specials have aired, you know, and Shooty starts in Christmas, presumably he will pop up in the comic strip as well. They don't. Mm. They don't have the creative freedom that the, the guys had during this period no. when Doctor Who wasn't on the telly and they decided we are going to do our own thing. And they've never had that before or since. No. So it was that wonderful period where they could do all that and they did it so well. It's Even now, reading them in collected comics form, some of the emotional beats I still get because... A, because they're brilliantly written, and B, because I, I am transported back to when I first read them as, a, as an ongoing comic strip. Yeah, and I think that's very important as well and, uh, and and does tie into a lot of how Doctor Who makes me feel as well. You know, you you, you immediately go back to, to where you were at that point. It's like some of the Big Finish audios. You know, I, uh, I've spoken about it before. I dipped out of Big Finish probably about 10, 10 11 years ago. But even now i can i can put on something like um project twilight or blood tide or the fearmonger those early big finish releases and i can tell you exactly where i where i was and where what street i was walking down listening to it um mm. and how i was feeling at the time you know it's 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 one of those things about doctor who it's it's always going to tie into where you were and what you were doing at the time and as i said with these comic strips as they were coming out in the magazine uh, <clears throat> my life was changing dramatically every couple of years because mm. i was doing a levels i was doing my degree i was doing my first job i was unemployed for a period i got another job uh i met my girlfriend who is now still my wife so mm. you know it's uh, you yeah. know it's all it's all it's all good and I moved house god knows how many times in that period <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, which was fun to keep up with because i was a subscriber so i had to keep writing to panini to, i've changed my address again <laughs> <laughs> did they always arrive at the new address they did. Oh, good. They did. good. Yes, they were good. They were good. Brilliant. That's one of the advantages of a monthly publication. You've got plenty of time to get that sorted out. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Well, um, that was uh, that was the eighth Doctor comic strip. So uh, 
yeah, go and check it out because uh, I am certainly looking at doing that. So we're going to move on to your final topic for the evening. Hopefully not your final ever topic, because, uh, you know, I, as I like to say to my guests on the podcast, I, I hope I can entice you back one day to talk about other things as well. So... You don't need to entice me to talk about Doctor <laughs> Who, about anything. I can assure you, I will talk to anybody about any of it. So anyone else who wants a guest on a podcast, I am available. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a total podcast whore. Honestly, I will do anything. <laughs> it's, 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 it's really enjoyable doing them, isn't it? It's really it is. enjoying. I, it's, I, it's I was fun. the first time I did my, uh, my first one I did was uh, with, uh, with Joe. I did Utopia, and I was terrified. And as soon as I'd done it, I was just, I got the bug, and I wanted to do it. And anytime somebody, you know, is is saying anybody want to be on a podcast, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. So I think there's a not insignificant number of us who can trace our introduction to podcasting to Joe Ford. Yes. Um, <laughs> so myself included. So yeah. So we 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 thank yeah. thanks be to Joe. The, the, the podfather. The podfather. <laughs> <laughs> he will absolutely hate us saying this because he just that man cannot take a compliment. But no. He's he's a brilliant podcast host. So if you if you if you're thinking about doing a podcast, you want to get on a podcast, you could do a lot worse than go on one of Joe Ford's podcasts because he's a fantastic host who makes everybody feel totally at home and whatever style. It's fantastic, yeah. and I don't know how he has the time to do it all either. To be fair, but uh, well, no, I think he's a time lord. He just he <laughs> okay. So your yes, your final subject is discussing something again from our past really i suppose because uh, a lot of his work adorned the covers of the vhs range and the target books as well um yeah, and, it's, and even uh, doctor who magazine and occasion. even yeah even doctor who magazine um and uh, it's uh, mr alistair pearson it is indeed mr alistair pearson he's he's a fantastic artist he's a fantastic artist full stop i mean his yes. doctor who covers are brilliant mm -hmm. um but just the quality of his artwork is is superb. Uh, and, you know, these days, you know, the cover art for the Blu-rays and what have you is is digital art, which mm -hmm. is absolutely brilliant and absolutely fine. Lee Binding has done some superb stuff for the collection Blu-ray set. Of course. Uh, and that's brilliant. But uh, back in ye olden days, you know, when the years <laughs> when when years began with a one, <laughs> nineteen something. This, know, this is this is the, the big dark where... days. <laughs> this some, is... For some of you listening, going, I, when, when? I don't know when that is. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to insert some medieval music in the background of this <laughs> section. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, we're, we're laughing about it, but as I said before, it's one of the things I love about this fandom is that we do have fans in the group, on Twitter, in the, in the whole thing, who were not born before the new series started now. Mm -hmm. There are people who are younger than the new Doctor Who is, and yes. they're loving it. And I love that. Yeah. You know, when I was, when I was a fan in the early 90s, most of the fans were middle-aged men, mm -hmm. been watching the show for years. Many of the fans were young boys who were watching the show. There weren't many 
women or girls in the fandom at the time and now yeah. it's a much more balanced mix of ages genders everything yeah um, so you go to these conventions and the bfi screenings and things like that and you will see you will see people who are not old enough to have watched david tennant the first time round. yes loving the show and that's very scary but also very lovely in the same room as people who watched an unearthly child on its original broadcast and uh-huh. i love that love that and as a as a jaded old fan who has watched every episode <laughs> multiple times and listened to the soundtrack of the missing episodes and seen the animations and blah, blah 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 it is brilliant to talk to people who haven't seen this or are coming to it for the first time and i love it and i hope that never stops but yeah but back in those dark days hmm. before digital art was a thing um the covers for the books and the video releases uh, were painted by hand with people with paint brushes yep. on you know and things like that so mm-hmm. um and some of them were absolutely gorgeous mm. so when the um obviously when the target novelizations first started coming out they had artwork by people like chris achilleos yeah again absolutely superb artwork when the vhs's first started coming out they started with photo montage covers which were variable yeah. mm-hmm. shall we say in quality um mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of them were really good. Some of them were a bit kind of, you know, none of them actually plunged the depths of the first DVD releases. Remember, no. the, the original release of Remembrance of the Daleks has the absolute worst DVD cover ever. Yes, I remember <laughs> it well. <laughs> Why did you pick that picture? <laughs> but yeah, so they had photo monitor and then they started using mixtures of photos and painted artwork. Mm. And eventually they went all for paintings. Yeah. Um, and they had various cover artists, but one of the best for my money, my favourite, is Alistair Pearson, who had the amazing ability to basically recapture a photograph in paint. Yeah. His likenesses of all the characters that he painted on the covers of those VHSs and the Target books was absolutely spot on. And his artwork was utterly gorgeous to look at. One of my favourites is the cover for Earthshock on VHS. Oh, yes, I was going to mention that was one of my favourites as well. That that cyber, the cyber leader's head yeah. with, with the Earth blending into, oh, it is just absolutely stunning. Mm. Um, I mean, that's not to knock the other cover artists at all. I mean, some of the other cover artists were fantastic. Um, yeah. Colin Howard's ones were brilliant. Andrew Skilleter's yeah. were great andrew skilleter i found was a bit hit and miss with his likenesses though yes i think so get some people absolutely perfect but for some reason others mainly the doctors annoyingly yeah quite capture yeah Um, we we tended to have um uh, peter davison with gray hair i i I noticed davison with gray hair yeah yeah which was a bit a bit of an odd but, choice. <laughs> but Alistair Pearson's cover art is is absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Um, and I have been fortunate enough to uh, met him a couple of times at various conventions where he's been auctioning or raffling his artwork. Oh. Um, and I haven't won any of it. Ah, that's a shame. Because I would absolutely love to have an Alistair Pearson piece of artwork to go on my wall because mm. of course... it's great because of course they don't paint them the size of the vhs covers no they paint them bigger and then they're shrunk down to be printed onto the vhs covers but the actual artwork to see it in the full size it was printed um because he came along to devil's end a couple of times with a portfolio of some of his original vhs artwork wow and it is beautiful it's if anything it's even more beautiful than it ever gets on the vhs covers because you see it in its full glory and I think as well, you know, a lot of people 
don't have the VHSs anymore. So all we've got is kind of very small scans of the covers on the internet, and uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't show off it as well as what it could be. And uh, you know, I, no. I think it would be fantastic if we could get some kind of uh, book with with the artwork in. I would ha- quite happily pay for a big kind of coffee table size book. Well, Colin Howard has published one called Time Slides, which has of course um, he has yes of his artwork in it. And there was a book called Time Frame that was published in the nineties, which had it was a I coffee think table book, that. and that had a lot of the the cover mm. art in it. Um, so, but yeah, no, I agree. I would love to get all that gathered together when mm. I um, when I eventually had to ditch my VHS collection because unfortunately with the various moves and everything it ended up being stored in a cellar for a couple of years mm-hmm. and the videos went moldy ah they got that white Shame. fungus mold growth yeah and i had to throw them away but i kept all the inlay cards all the sleeves because the artwork was so gorgeous um yeah. and then eventually i got rid of those as well because the artwork was available online uh, mm-hmm. but if anyone wants to see a summary of the artwork for the vhs releases uh <laughs> I can recommend my own Twitter thread from a couple of years ago, um, which is a personal favourite thread of mine because I started it when I had about 20 followers. And by the time I finished it, I had about three times as many. And (laughs) periodically somebody retweets it and my follower count goes up again because I just did a a long list of the covers. Um, So if you you let me know when this is going out, I'll pop a link on Twitter. Absolutely, I will. VHS cover thread. I was astonished at the amount of Target covers that he made. Uh, that he painted i mean I, I i i always felt he did more videos but he didn't i think he i think he did over 80 target books he did he did loads um and that's in uh, you know that's an insane of, amount i did have one of his bits of artwork on my wall because of course doctor who magazine did a poster of the cover of tomb of the cybermen yeah that is yeah uh, which is one of my absolute favorites um, mm. it's a gorgeous piece of artwork so yes his his artwork is is absolutely stunning and you know not to take away from any of the work that people have done subsequently with the the dvds and the blu-rays with the digital mm. compositing and things like that because those are superb bits of art in their own right i get very annoyed actually when i see people dismissing digital art because the artist hasn't picked up a paintbrush or a pencil well so what they've used whatever tools are available to produce an artistic composition you yeah know? and even the masters even some of the best painters you know people we think of as the best painters in the world used a projection screen or a light box to trace the actual outlines of what they were painting mm-hmm. you know they didn't do everything freehand from memory or anything like that so if it's an artistic composition whatever tools you have used to make it if it's your artwork yeah. it's your artwork it doesn't exactly. matter so so anyone else who's listening to this who does digital art and thinks it doesn't count because it's not using paint on paper screw that if it's you know if it's you using an ipad and a stylus to move photos and adjust colors and saturation and blend things together it's art it all counts absolutely it does you know i've I've seen people say you know do i really count as an artist i said well the only definition of an artist is someone who produces art so you're an artist (laughs) you know that's that's it yeah yeah yeah. That's it. And there are some fantastic artworks from oh, the fans on Twitter. Some of the stuff is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I'm, it looks I'm professional, a, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It looks brilliant. I'm going to have a particular shout out, actually, to two people who are brilliant artists um, and also lovely people in their own right. Theo uh, Trithui and Georgia Cook, uh, who both do uh, Doctor Who artwork. I've got mugs with their artwork on 
they're both brilliant very different styles but they complement each other very nicely and so yeah so look look for their artwork and if you see them at conventions selling their their wares do do have a look but yeah but anyone else who's doing fan art out there you you keep going because it's all gorgeous stuff it's wonderful stuff yeah keep um, going it's the work and the effort and the outcome is is brilliant and the different styles are mm. brilliant to look at as well there are some people who want to recapture things as close to photorealistic as possible mm-hmm. and there are others who go for much more stylized work and they're all brilliant in their own way so yeah yeah it would uh, it wouldn't it be, it would be a shame if everybody's artwork looked the same as each other's wouldn't it so i, I think absolutely. it's 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 nice that there's such variety out there. I think I think it was often it was often a shame when the DVDs came out actually that the when they started doing the artwork uh, when they went back to doing artwork for the DVDs that it was so shrunken down into into that kind of box with the with the the roundels uh, kind of topping and tailing it really it was kind of it, I, I I miss those those days of the the artwork taking up the entire case like the videos did um yeah. i remember looking at uh it's probably the i've got it on the shelf over there remembrance of the daleks since this is a podcast you can't see he's just popped off to get the dvd yeah phone's <laughs> back in um yeah again. nobody's gonna see this anyway but remembrance of the daleks it's it's it's, it's fantastic artwork but it's so jammed into there you know it doesn't it takes up about 50 percent of the available space yeah doesn't it so it's i i like the uh i I quite like the layout of the covers but i do as i agree it is a shame almost that the artwork is is basically confined to half the available space you know the the vhs artwork was limited because it had to leave space for the big banners and the titles at the top Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still i mean there's some absolutely gorgeous artwork so yeah so i'll I'll pop a link to my uh to my vhs covers thread in the comments when this goes out but definitely uh, i'll let you know when it's going out and then we yeah. can, uh, can link into it and i'll uh i'll put a link in the uh the description on the actual podcast episode as well but yeah my absolute favorite alistair pearson gorgeous artwork and a thoroughly nice chapter boot if you had to pick a absolute favorite cover for let's say you can pick a one book and one VHS cover, which would be your favourites? Do you think? Oh wow, you can't you hit me with that question? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done this. I haven't done any prep work for this. <laughs> I only remember because I was I was scanning through a lot of them last night. I was like, oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. So I can I can I can. I can I can uh, I can reel off a few of my favourites. Um, I don't know if you remember them. But so there's the, the um, VHSs. I really like the uh, An Unearthly Child VHS with the, yes. the Susan and uh, uh, First Doctor cover. That was fantastic. Dalek Invasion of Earth. Um, I did like that kind of the, the, the kind of black and white compositions that he did for those early black and white stories when they were released you know i think the crotons was a pretty good one and the the dominators as well that that's something i actually did like about the uh the black and white vhs releases the early ones when they came out with the cover art in the mm. yeah as you say the art was there was a there was generally a splash of one color in there somewhere mm. but most of it was in black and white to kind of manage your expectations yeah you want to put a bright colorful cover on a story that's monochrome yeah <laughs> so it was all kind of black and white um so yeah there was some there were some good ones in there um, I, I definitely think that uh, his his 
I mean, they're all fantastic, but I think his better ones are where where he's not cluttered the uh, artwork too much. So, say for example, there's um, Planet of the Spiders for the for the Target novelization, and it's uh, it's just I think it's a blue background. It's got Pertwee's face in the 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 Metabilis three crystal, and it's got the the uh, a spider underneath it, and that's mm. it. It's so yeah. simple and it's so beautiful. Uh, the Smugglers. Uh, is another one with the half and half. It's uh, half church and half uh, the beach with the sea, and it's just perfect down the middle. And uh, Ghost Light as well, I think, and Survival with the ripped canvas as well. Survival um, with the ripped canvas is is a yeah. good one, um, considering that as the as the story goes, he actually did rip the canvas yes. to get the claw marks <laughs> rather than yeah. trying to paint. <laughs> no, I'm actually just going to rip the canvas. That'll do. Yeah, as you say about not cluttering the art, I think that's one of the reasons why the Earthshot cover is so successful because it is mm. really basic. It's got the cyber leader's head is the from, from a really nice looking up kind of angle as yeah. well. Really nice, really nice piece of work mm-hmm. with Earth and Adric's face in the Earth. Yeah, and the Doctor, of course, because you have to have the Doctor on the cover somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and the shattered gold badge as well. Yeah. And I think that's a gorgeous piece. That's my, I think that's my favourite. That or two of the Cybermen are my favourite yeah. VHS mm-hmm. um, covers. Um, in terms of the books, uh, I honestly can't remember. Mm. <laughs> but... Earth, Earthshock's got a, a got a good book cover as well. It's um, I think again, it's got the Cyber Leader on it, and it's uh, Fifth Doctor one side, Adric the other side, and it's mainly blue. And I think they used it on. Mm. Uh, I re- remember that cover from. Uh, there was a there was a soundtrack tape that I bought in in the early nineties uh, with Earthshock's music on and and some other songs from uh, oh, songs yes. uh, music from that period as well. And they used that for the for the cover. Yeah, it's, there's, there's there's I mean there's over eighty of them, so you know the, the, there's a there's a lot out there. Um, and again, yeah, it, it would be fantastic to have them all yeah read, readily so able to to view. Yeah, no, yeah, that's absolutely gorgeous. Um gorgeous cover so yeah alistair pearson's artwork is just brilliant mm. i love it love it mm. so yeah definitely something to look forward to. i would love to have as you say a big coffee table book with just his artwork in it talking of artwork a quick reminder to anyone and a plug if anyone hasn't heard it the uh, western museum in western supermare has a uh, doctor who art exhibition on until january the 24th so uh, if anyone is in the area or can get down there between now and then uh, do go it's free to enter uh, and it's got the art of various people who've contributed over the many years of doctor who's history uh, so i'm oh, i'm going with a bunch of people in uh, in january so oh fantastic if you're in the area then go and check it out that's what uh, yeah i i, I would if i was in the area of course mean that i'm now you may you may have to cut that out if this ends up going out after <laughs> 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 but uh yeah <laughs> no i think for the, I, no, for the I, version I, that goes out after for the version <laughs> of people listening after january the 24th uh you missed it sorry <laughs> <laughs> now i'm pretty certain this will <laughs> let me have a little think about this we go I think this may go out around Christmas, maybe. Okay. Possibly, possibly. So you've still got time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so so if it is Christmas, Merry Christmas. If it's not Christmas anymore, I'm sorry for bringing up Christmas. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, brilliant, fantastic. 
Okay, so that's uh, that's it. Then we've reached the end of uh, the end of this part, and uh, I'd uh, just really like to thank you for popping on to uh, the podcast to discuss a few of your favourite things. And, thank you for uh, having me. It's been, uh, it's, I'd say, it's been fun. Of course, it's been fun. I've been talking about one of my favourite subjects for two hours. Of course, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and uh, you know what's what's not to like about talking about Doctor Who at the end Absolutely. of the day. You are more than welcome to come back onto this podcast. I'd um, be more than happy to come back anytime. I've uh, I've followed you for for some time on uh, on the Twitter or X as we're we're now uh, being told we should call it, but we yeah, but we're possibly not won't. because no. it's Twitter. It will always be Twitter. <laughs> it will always um, be Twitter. Um, uh, anyone who would like to follow me, I'm at Jason underscore JTT on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And are you on Blue Sky as well? Or I am also on Blue Sky, yes. Um, so yeah. I can be found there, whatever the hell my handle is on Blue Sky. I can't remember. Yeah, I've I've <laughs> I've I've not got the hang of my handle yet on Blue Sky either. So uh, I'll I'll find I'll find the handles and I'll uh, put them in the uh, the description. Okay, so um, I'm going to have to let you go now, unfortunately, uh, because uh, what time are we on? It's getting late, isn't it? So It's getting late. It's getting late. And I've still got to watch the coloured version of the Daleks. I know. <laughs> I, I'm sat here thinking, hmm, now, do I, do I go to bed early and get up early for work and watch it beforehand? Or do I go to bed late and get up a little bit later for work? That's the dilemma I've got now. <laughs> I really, really want to watch it. So I think I'm going to stay up. <laughs> I think I am too. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. And I um, and, uh, hope to see you again soon, Jason. And whatever you're doing today, this evening, uh, early hours of the morning, whenever you're listening to this, I do hope that you are enjoying yourself, that you're staying safe. And uh, if you do want to appear on the podcast, please uh, drop me a DM or comment on the post. There are still a number of people I still need to get in contact with. I'm doing it in blocks, so I will get in touch with everybody. Uh, so so don't worry. Um, and uh, please, please wait for me, please. Um, but uh, we <laughs> will see. Wait, <laughs> we will we will see you again soon. And uh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>